0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been the sounds of the old world. Brought to you by progressive where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019
1: quote today at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. The Madhouse Chicago hockey podcast is brought to you by triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris at seven Oh eight four seven eight six zero nine zero. The black Oak and Oak lawn, the South suburbs finest casual upscale dining and Marishka's in Crest Hill family owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the puck.
0: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo. It's not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good. And 670, the scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. You
1: don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. You don't got Dinky Doo.
0: Welcome into the latest installment of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago and The Athletic Chicago. With me, as always, and probably going to talk a lot today because my voice keeps going in and out. Thanks, Ed Cold. Jay Zawoski, is 670 to score. Jay, I hope you're feeling healthier than I am right now.
1: I'm doing well. I feel pretty good. It's been, uh, you know, Addy has been sick, but I've been, knock on wood, able to avoid it so far. Hopefully that continues because I hate being, I'm the worst sick person ever.
0: My my wife would say the same thing about me. She would say that I'm a horrible, sick person and that I'm a huge baby every time I get ill.
1: So. Well, I think – I believe I read something that colds are harder on men than women. Like, scientifically proven that men, when they get colds, it's more severe or it's – I don't know. I think it affects men and women differently. Right. I, I swear to God I read that. I could be wrong, but –
0: Add that to the list of things that I find very interesting, but I know nothing about. I'd have to look up that uh, study. That's kind of cool.
1: Well, let's just go with it as fact, because that's just, that's how the world works now. Just say what you want, and and it's true, and that's the end of it. Well, that's
0: how we roll, specifically.
1: Yeah, so that's true. Men have it harder than women, uh, especially in colds, but I think just in general as well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) our, our lives are so difficult, and women have it so easy. You're absolutely correct.
1: Overheard once at a party... Uh, man, you know, it's tough to be a white guy these days. <laughs> that's that's something I, I've heard with my human ears, uh, not in a satirical way at all. Did so, you
0: box their ears out when they said that? i had,
1: like, uh, you ever see The Exorcist when Linda Blair's head turns a complete one? Well, it's actually a 360 for her, but for me it was just a 180. You I mean
0: didn't Wonder move Woman? my body,
1: but my head just turned all the way around and looked at the person who said it. Like, are you effing kidding me?
0: Ugh, you then... should have been like... Yeah, we should have a White History Month, too. And yeah, white where's, where's inter-
1: White Entertainment Television? Yeah. <laughs> That's all the other channels, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Literally all the other channels. Anyway, before we get accused of being SJWs again, we better move on. We've got a fun, exciting show on deck. As always, we will answer your emails. And we have a new segment to debut, the brainchild of, I think, James, right? You kind of came up with it
0: well a, a listener came up with the name and That's I think right. what i did is i came up with a slightly different variation on what it would be
1: exactly so it's Which, called the sin bin yep it's got a nice little produced open and everything that i'm going to improve
0: in we the are upcoming such weeks. professionals man you literally did this in like half an hour and i would have been sitting there staring at my computer all day slowly building up the rage necessary to punch a hole in the monitor
1: well, I've been doing it for 20 years, so I should be able to knock it out fairly quickly. There's only three parts to it, so it didn't take... They, actually, the hard part was finding the uh, movie clip I needed it, with good ah. enough quality. So that was the issue I had. Because the, new, uh, the official Madhouse podcast laptop only has one sound card, so it can't record onto itself without recording all the ambient sound around it. So I had to finagle it and wire it like MacGyver, and I got it to work, so...
0: Oh, I thought you just were going to lock the door to your office and say, no one come in for the next 10 minutes.
1: It still it still picks up. The, anyway, no one cares about this. <laughs> so the, yeah, the concept this. of the sin bin is for James and I to confess either our hockey or non-hockey sins of the week. It yes. uh, should be a lot of fun. And then we'll get, like we always do, get to your emails. But let's start with um, the red-hot Chicago Blackhawks hockey squadron, um, who they pretty much beat the hell out of the Coyotes last night. It was way worse than the score appeared. There were some weird goals there. There was probably one or two that Crawford would want back, but Mm. they just took it to the Phoenix, sorry, the Arizona Coyotes for the better part of 60 minutes. And I think we we said this um, on our last podcast, and, and I think it still stands. This team is hitting their stride right now, and they look as good as any team in hockey at this moment.
0: And yet again, Nick Schmaltz driving the truck, man. That kid has been something else lately. Ever since he got paired up with Jonathan Taves, And ever since he came back from Rockford, really, he's been, like, a completely different guy. Playing with such assertiveness, and he is finding every open spot on the ice, and his passing has been phenomenal. It's been unreal watching, like, how he has matured in just this kind of amazing, like, rapid way since he came back from the minors. So, love watching him last night. Obviously, you can't talk about last night, not bring up Patrick Kane, getting the hat trick. First time in... 20 years the Blackhawks have had a hat trick in back-to-back games I mean that's just that's unreal man that we're getting these kinds of performances especially out of the guys that are getting them yeah it's absolutely critical for guys like Kane and Dave to be doing what they're doing
1: well and that's see early in the season it was Corey Crawford carrying the team and I think we knew that while he's still playing well fine he's not playing the way he was you know the superhuman level. He was playing with early in the season but they needed him then to carry the load now that Kane and, and especially Jonathan Taves have found their stride offensively they've been that's what you really need during the course of the season is your skaters to carry you for them to be your best players especially those two your two highest paid guys and they have finally uh especially like I said Taves that they have finally found their stride and they look awesome both those guys do.
0: Jonathan Taves is overrated, by the way. Of
1: course Never he is. Forget. He doesn't deserve to be an all star or anything like that.
0: Or in the top 100 NHL players of all time, or no, anything like that.
1: Because we should base our hockey opinions on, you know, a bad month. Yep. I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to pay too much attention to that, but because I'm afraid we get into the arguing with the straw man. Um, but there there were more than a few people that were mad at Taves. I heard it on the score. The Moe and Hanley show talked about him uh, not doing enough and not oh. earning his money and should they trade him and all this. Crap. Are you effing kidding me? Like, I know, you know, the score, I take pride in working at the score and not being the hot take show, but that was as big of a hot take as I have heard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, that was ridiculous. And I hope now, looking back on it, uh, those guys see sort of the Jay, idiocy of their breaking NHL
0: trade news. What? What's a guy that you and I have talked about the Blackhawks should potentially go after for winger help?
1: Patrick Eves.
0: He has been traded by the Dallas Stars to the Anaheim Ducks. Oof. For a conditional second round pick.
1: They get bigger and more physical with more offense. Yep. That's, well, that's a good, it's a good, good move. Good move
0: for the Ducks. And Definitely. I, I, I question, could. What a second round pick from the Blackhawks have gotten that done since their divisional rivals. I don't think so. I think it may have had to have been a one. I'm interested to see what the conditions on the pick are.
1: Yeah, that will that will make a difference for sure. But see that to me that was the guy as far as forwards went that I thought made the most sense for the Hawks. He was inexpensive. He sort of provided just what they needed. It's a guy who could play on any line and not feel either butthurt about not being up high or you know, he's a guy that's versatile that way so all right there's one of the options gone and like Sam Bowman has said they don't think they're going to do too much if anything so if you take him at his word and I don't know if you should but if you take him at his word they're not looking to do too much and, and like we said last podcast they really don't need a ton of help I mean more depth is always a good thing especially depth with some playoff experience sure you want that but I think the team as they're constructed now is good enough to compete for the Stanley Cup And there's no real, like, I don't know if Patrick Ease would have been the difference between a cup or not.
0: No, it's not like the Andrew Ladd situation last year where you needed a guy like that. This year, they don't, they could use it, of course, because as we've said all season, they're not perfect. No team in the West is perfect. You could use it, but it's not going to break you not having it.
1: Well, on to option B. And who knows if Stan Bowman even wanted him? You know, we don't know that. I don't have any insight into that, but. I do know I've – my source, my closest source told me that the focus remains a forward. Um, they're not – I don't know what that means as far as defensemen, if they don't want one at all or if they don't think they need it. But I think – Or if uh, they just
0: don't think the market is where they want it to be in terms of what teams are going to be asking for when um, they're, they're, like, setting the price. I, I guess you – Don't want to overpay for a defenseman that's really not going to give you what you're looking for out of the position.
1: Well, and they're also not going to trade their first-round pick because they're hosting the draft next year. And I think we've discussed this before, but that that makes me mad. If you really think that you can make the team better and try to win a Stanley Cup, you absolutely do it. I know it'd be great to have a first-round pick, blah, 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 and, you know, it's the host city. People get over it. You know what's going to make them get over it if there's another banner going up in October? Um, Yeah. I don't like uh not doing what you want to do hockey wise because of an event that's to me that's really stupid it's backwards thinking it's not the way the blackhawks have ever operated before it's not the way the cubs would act and that's sort of the model for an office in sports right now you go out and if you think you need to give up a first round pick to win the stanley cup you absolutely do it and you do not hesitate because you are hosting the draft in the summer that is ridiculous
0: And see, to me, I think Stan Bowman can make the argument that he wants to hold on to that first-round pick, not because the Blackhawks are hosting the draft, but because the Blackhawks need it. They need to start getting those kinds of... I know like toward the end of the first round, you can't really consider a guy high-end in terms of being a prospect, but at the same time, you have to look at a guy as a first-round pick. It's like, well, there's a reason he's getting picked up there. He has the potential to be that kind of guy in your organization that frankly in the next couple of years you're gonna need because you're gonna have artemi panarin likely becoming a free agent when his uh contract extension is up you're gonna have to eventually deal with the fact that nick Jalmerson and duncan keith are getting older mm-hmm. i mean there's there's a list of guys that you're eventually going to have to consider their replacements four and five years down the line and having a first round pick goes a long way toward being able to do that the the conditions on the draft pick, I, uh, Chris Johnson from, I think he's in a, I think Globe and Mail in Toronto, or, or Sportsnet, sorry, says that Dallas will receive the middle pick of Ottawa, San Jose, and Toronto's second round picks in 2017, which the Ducks own all of them, apparently. Mm-hmm. If Anaheim advances to the conference final or beyond, and Patrick Eaves plays over half of their playoff games... That becomes a first-round pick in the draft. So the condition is it could become a first. It's a yeah, good it's deal a, for Dallas. Yep.
1: Now, see, it's funny. You mentioned that they didn't, maybe didn't want to trade in, in the division. Um, I get that, but it's not like they're competing. And I don't think Patrick Eves is going to sign a long-term deal in Chicago. It would no. be purely a rental. Yeah. So I think that I, – I, I don't know. I, I'm not mad that this happened. I'm not mad that the Hawks missed out on Patrick Eves. Oh, not whatsoever. No, but I, I think that um, – It's a reasonable thing to think that if the Hawks wanted him, they probably could have matched that deal.
0: Oh, we have another bit of breaking news in the NHL too, Jay.
1: Jeez, now what?
0: The mumps epidemic is back, apparently.
1: Way to go, Cutler.
0: Five Vancouver Canucks players are currently battling the mumps and will not play against San Jose tonight.
1: Five Canucks are missing tonight's game because of the mumps. This is what happens when you don't vaccinate.
0: This is why we can't have nice things in hockey.
1: See, the West Coast. Yep. Look, look what happens. Things uh, just fall apart, man.
0: And he, and I'm going out to San Diego in March.
1: Well, you're going to get the mumps. Apparently. Light a mump, mump, Speaking mump, of travel the song and baseball playoffs. and
0: fun, hey, I I heard from a uh, reputable source today that you're to be heading out to Boston for uh, Cubs Red Sox in April.
1: That reputable source was me. Yes. So, yes. Uh we're going out there with the new spiegel and Parkinson show for the game on i know we're going to be broadcasting on friday and i think we're going to the game that night i don't know if we're flying back saturday morning or what's going on but we'll be down there and i know you're going for the whole weekend so hopefully we can meet up and maybe we'll do a podcast
0: and i snagged tickets to that uh friday game between the cubs and red Sox, so we'll be at fenway on the same day how about that
1: that's awesome have you been before
0: i have never been to fenway
1: all right, I'm not going to say anything. Let's remember this conversation okay, and have it when you get back and when we both get back because I want to hear your um, unsullied opinion on the building.
0: Okay. All right. I, I have tried very hard not to ask people, oh, how's Fenway? I, I like experiencing a park for myself, and I know a lot of times you get people will either inflate your expectations or completely dash them. Like, when I went to PNC Park last summer, everybody was like, oh, my God, it's the most beautiful park in America, yada, yada. And I was like, I bet it, it's cool. Like, But it can't, I went, it took my breath away how beautiful that stadium is. They killed it in Pittsburgh. That park is what all parks should aspire to be when they're built now. I love that place. So, if it's anything like Fenway, you know, in terms of that, I would be a pretty happy camper. And I know it's a high bar, but hey. I'm allowed to do that. I'm also going out to uh, Petco Park in March. I'm going to a uh, couple of World Baseball Classic games, so a couple parks getting uh, knocked off the list this uh, spring.
1: I need your travel budget, man. Damn.
0: That that one you can thank my dad for. The April Boston trip was me. I My wife and I bought the tickets today. We have our Airbnb all lined up. It's gonna be our uh, vacation this year, so we felt like good responsible adults. We got everything like figured out and booked early, and we did all that stuff. So, go us, man. Go adulting.
1: Well, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I want to go back to. Fa- I've been there three times. This will be my. This will be my third time, so I'm. I'm excited to get back. I'll just put it that way, and I will not poison your mind with any thoughts before you get there. Thank you all right let's tell our listeners about our good friends at triple threat sports the best place in the area to get your nhl jerseys lettered but did you also know james they're the best place to go if your team needs jerseys whether you're an elite travel high school or college program that needs to outfit hundreds of kids or if you're a beer and pizza league team with 12 players triple threat can put you in pro quality jerseys at pricing you can afford triple threat sports can work with you on every aspect of the job logo design fitting apparel for off ice you name it And you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. They can get uniforms and apparel for all sports. Baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports. If you can wear it, they can make it. We want to thank Chris and all the people at Triple Threat for supplying Everything we need for our Patreon donors, that's patreon.com slash madhousepod. If you'd like to support the podcast, uh, there's several donation options there, so make sure you jump on that if you enjoy the podcast. And another thing I'd like to say, um, if you do like this podcast and you don't want to donate financially, another way you could really help us out is by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or whatever uh, app you use uh, to listen to the podcast. Review the show Leave a review, leave a high rating if you like it. If you don't like it, just don't rate us, please. Um, <laughs> but if you do enjoy the show, please leave us a rating. that will really help us become more visible uh, to people sort of looking for the podcast. And maybe they don't even know it exists, but looking for a Chicago-based hockey podcast. Good reviews equal movement up the charts equal listeners, and that's what we need. So Yeah, we need uh, people
0: to listen to our opinions and stuff like that.
1: All right, well, speaking of opinions, I... I, I wrote you on twitter about this today there's something i want to ask you and it's been on my mind for a little bit i know this i'm very much dancing over the line of hot take um but is, sorry, is
0: this going to be our cholula hot take segment because i've you know i told you i've got one too so i want to hear right. yours first
1: okay the cholula hot take segment no doubt it's happening now yes. all right so i have to qualify this because we all know the hawks are in every year they're in dire you know cap situation
0: salary cap hell
1: salary cap hell right and there's a guy coming up he just resigned this year but there's a guy coming up who's going to need a big deal in a couple years and that's Artemi Panarin and I really like Artemi Panarin I think he's a really really good hockey player you saw him put the Hawks on his back offensively for the very first part of the year I'm wondering though And I haven't made up my mind yet, but I'm starting to feel like Artemi Panarin is sort of a one-trick pony. If he's not scoring on the the, uh, one-timer, if he's not getting open on the power play and scoring that way, I I don't see him scoring in many other ways. Um, And that concerns me a little bit because the league has sort of figured out that if Artemi Panarin is over there in that circle, if you go cover him, he's not going to score on that one-timer, right? And you've seen his production goal-wise go way down um, since before the All-Star break. And I'm wondering if this is the sort of guy, he doesn't really create offense on his own. He's the beneficiary of great line mates, especially Patrick Kane. Great opportunities he's left wide open several times because of the threat of Patrick Kane. I just wonder if he's the sort of guy you want to shell out that kind of money to. And again, I haven't made up my mind yet. But just as you watch Artemi Panarin from here on out, ask yourself that question. Is he generating offense? They don't. That line does not generate possession much at all. But you very rarely see Panarin create a goal by going to the front of the net, by skating past someone. He always seems to be the beneficiary of the one-timer or a breakaway or a two-on-one or something like that. And it's something that I've noticed, and uh, I hope I'm wrong, but... To me, before I commit that kind of money, I need to see a little bit more, and I think these playoffs are going to go a long way into molding my opinion of Artemi Panarin because the game's not going to be as wide open then. It's going to be tighter checking. It's going to be a tougher place to create, and if he can't produce in in the playoffs, I don't know how much money the Hawks will realistically want to commit to him long term.
0: I have two counterpoints to that, and neither one of them are designed to insinuate that you're – Wrong or off base or anything that's like that's okay. That. I can be
1: wrong. I've been wrong. I think before. these are
0: all. there It's a fair criticism. It's a fair question that you're asking. What I would say is number one, in the brief times that we've seen Panarin and Kane apart this season, I felt like Panarin held his own. I thought he played all right, which gives me a little bit of optimism that he can kind of generate a little bit of offense on his own, whether it be with his speed or even with his mere presence on the ice. If teams are Game planning to stop him, that's going to leave two other guys open. So I'll go with that. And then my second question, in regards to you um, asking whether he was a one-trick pony, if he's a one-trick pony in the way that, say, Alex Ovechkin is, where basically all he does is score, is that necessarily a bad thing?
1: But Ovechkin can score in a variety of ways, and he'll also destroy you physically. Right. Right. So I, I don't know if you can call him a one-trick pony. Yeah, he's yeah, not, but then Ovechkin also Selkie.
0: gets out of, out of position horribly on defense when he destroys guys, so he doesn't do it as much as he used to.
1: Sure, and he's never going to win a Selkie. There's no doubt about that, but Panera isn't scoring 50, right, <laughs> like Ovechkin is, okay. and I don't think he's bringing the total package uh, offensively like Ovechkin is. You've seen Ovechkin score in every imaginable way, and I know – when we checked in dur- during Panarin's hot streak, half of his more than half of his goals came off the one timer, mm-hmm. and I believe the ones he scored since then have all been one timers. So I- I'm just, you know, I'm not I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying they should trade him. Of course not. He's a world class talent, and of course it'd be better to have him than not. But before I'm giving him seven, eight million dollars, like we talked about him potentially earning after this, after next year i've got to see you know I've got to see him score in other ways because right now his scoring method is pretty one dimensional
0: okay. I'll ask you one more question then as kind of a follow up then if mm-hmm. you're the Blackhawks, if you're Stan Bowman, if you've got the magic cranium that comes up with all these permutations and the salary cap and what you can and cannot do, if after next season you you say to yourself. I'm not giving this guy sick million, $8 million a season, but I think somebody else will. Do you pull the trigger on a trade during the summer when he's got one year left on his deal?
1: Well, it's tough to say that because it depends on what you'd get for him, first of all. If you know you can add a up-and-coming young defenseman, someone that will be a staple on your blue line for the next 10 years... Mm-hmm. I would absolutely consider that because we're seeing here with the emergence of Hartman, the inter- emergence of Schmaltz. This team knows lesser- how to
0: develop forwards.
1: They do. And to a lesser extent, uh, Hinestroza and Caro and Rasmussen, they've got forward depth. And like I said, of course, they'd be better off with Panarin than not. But if he can bring you a guy that's going to st- uh, stabilize your blue line, for the next 10 years because brian campbell is probably not going to play next year and if he does yeah. he's not going to play beyond that and i don't think brent Michael seabrook Roosevelt is only getting older.
0: beyond this year either
1: <laughs> no and brent seabrook is only getting older right duncan keith is only, and duncan keith all of us is ageless but eventually eventually maybe five or six years from now but eventually he's going to slow down too so you need to start reloading that blue line
0: and all ben it takes Rem- by the way is one bad shot lock from nick Jalmerson from joining that group by the way Sure. When you play the game the way he does, he's one puck missing a bit of padding on his leg from being out half the season, at least, and never gaining a step back.
1: That's totally true. And the guys you have in the system now with Van Riemsdyk, maybe Forsling becomes that guy. Yep. That everyone seems to think he's going to. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a very good player, too, so I'm not I'm not saying that's not true. But the, these Blackhawks championships, make no mistake... They've been won because of depth, and they've been won because of staggering team defense. Yep. And uh, they need to address the blue line. So I know we're talking in huge hypotheticals here. Just something that I have been observing lately, that Panarin has not been the offensive generator that I thought he would sort of grow to be this year. And he's really just sort of scored in a couple different ways. I'd like to see him... I'm not saying go to the net and be Dustin Buffalo or anything like that, but really take a puck, skate past someone, shoot it, and score. It seems like that happens very rarely with Panarin.
0: I think this is actually a really good segue into my hot take, I guess you would call it. Um, We are mentioning the defense, and I have a question for you, Jay. Yes, sir. We all know that Joel Clenville, the last few weeks especially, has been getting a lot of credit for the way he has assembled this lineup and the way that – he has put together the forward lines, and this team is really clicking right now. And the coach seems to have the magic touch this season. We're hit; The young guys are producing, the lines are chipping in, everything's sure. good, right? Mm-hmm. Joel Quenville made a mistake last night. Nick okay. Jalmerson should not have been on the ice for that game last night. There is no reason in God's green earth that if Nick Jalmerson has to come out of a game for an injury, A it's one that's bad enough he shouldn't be on the ice and b what's the point of dressing seven defensemen against the arizona damn coyotes
1: well see i don't know i don't know if you heard the post game quenville did say that he was asked about that after the game and they said was the seventh defenseman in case johnerson couldn't go and he he didn't say yes but he said could be which is basically a okay, confirmation why? in Quenville's then speech.
0: i then i want to know why why? I agree with you. If, 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 they, if, they if he's th- not going to be able to make it through the entire game, why are you risking him? Give him, to, give him last night off, and then he's got until Sunday against St. Louis to get over whatever upper body thing he's got going on. That's a I guy totally, you cannot yeah. afford to hurt himself worse. That is a guy you need on the ice if you're going to win. I'll say this right now. If Nick Jalmerson is injured and doesn't play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blackhawks are not winning the championship. Period. Period. He oh, there's is,
1: no way. No way.
0: He is one of their most important players and there is no reason in God's green earth where this team, who has made their living on coasting through the regular season knowing that the playoffs is the only thing that matters. Why would you not put that mentality which we've talked about at length on this podcast? Why would you not institute it there and not have Nick Johnson play last night?
1: I I don't have an answer for you. If, if I'm playing devil's advocate and the only thing I can really hope is that it's a minor injury and they thought he could probably play through it. And then he said, mm, you know what? I'm not feeling right. So they said, fine, come out, screw it. And it's not a severe injury. If there is something severe where he misses more than what? Four games. Then I have a giant problem with it. And it was a huge, huge, huge mistake. But until I see the outcome of this, it's hard for me to get too pissed off. But you're right. If you got a guy who's that important to your team on the fence about playing against one of the worst teams in the game... Don't play don't him. Don't play him. Don't play him. It's very Tracy Myers
0: last night. Tracy Myers last night on Twitter said that she saw Jomerson with a wrap uh, on his back. So she was speculating that maybe it's a back issue. I got news for you, man. Back issues don't yeah. just go away. So... If it's something like that, why chance aggravating it? Why not just rest it? I I don't get yeah. it. I, I felt like a- that was a really stupid departure from the usual mentality of regular season is only as important as us getting to the playoffs. And I just I didn't like it. That's all.
1: You're totally right. If if it's a back issue, there's no excuse. You've seen that derail entire seasons, entire careers if 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 one of my more important hell if any of my players say my back isn't right they're not playing that night I'm sorry yeah absolutely not so if that's the case that's a huge mistake a huge 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 mistake and it's something that I think the Hawks have been pretty good about is not rushing guys back from injury not forcing guys to play when they're not healthy this is sort of out of character which is which is why I sort of felt last night as I was hearing all this that it's probably not serious and maybe he was, maybe he thought he could go and just said, you know what, it hurts a little more than I expected. Knock on wood, I hope that that's what it is. If not, there's there's going to be hell to pay, because they cannot win without him. You're totally right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, I have another sort of, I don't know if it's a hot take. It's a little more serious. And, and I've noticed, uh, as Patrick Kane has been just buzzsawing himself through the National Hockey League, um, a lot of, there's, there's been a lot of people that have sort of jumped back on the Patrick Kane bandwagon um you know calling him Kaner again showing us highlights again um and I know this is again I'm not saying these people are wrong by any means but I'm wondering for you James if you're like me where it's still even though you know the result of this investigation seems to be that it was fabricated in some way and it was very strange and you know all the detectives have sort of said "Eh, this is kind of BS of course they could all be lying no doubt Mm -hmm. but I still have a weird feeling when I see him do very well and I can't get I don't know if I'll ever be able to get as excited about Patrick Kane as I was you know before the events of last uh, summer and uh, I don't know if you're feeling the same way as I am but I'm seeing a lot of people sort of come back and re-embrace Patrick Kane I guess that's sort of my question is you know every week we assign homework this will be the assignment for this week um have you guys as fans sort of moved on have you begun to forgive or forget um and, and just sort of move on from all the Patrick Kane uh weird feelings that we all went through you know before last season I'm wondering if fans have moved on a little bit so if you have or if you haven't let us know at madhousepod at madhousepod.gmail.com I'm curious because. I'm feeling the affection coming back from a lot of fans um, this year. And, and I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's, you know, he's been playing so well and that nothing really has happened since. But I do feel a shift in the way Patrick Kane is discussed um, from the fan base. And it seems to be more in a positive manner. I'm not saying he's a great guy or anything like that, but praising his right. play when even last year that in his MVP terrific season – It just felt weird to be like, great job, Patrick Kane. It just felt weird to say that.
0: I think for me, the case has always been that I don't begrudge people the way that they feel about Patrick Kane, whether they distance themselves from the Blackhawks because of the whole situation or whether they were like, yeah, screw it. You know, I still love hockey and I'm able to compartmentalize. It's like the oldest Chapman thing last year with the Cubs. Yeah. As long as you throw 103 miles an hour, people are still going to root for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, the reason that I've been kind of slow to embrace Kane again and kind of have been off-put by it the way that you are isn't necessarily him, I don't think. I think it's the way so many people showed their asses during the whole situation. Like, just ba- the blatant misogyny and nonsense that went along with that whole situation... I think to me, that's at least part of it, is that I am still stu- I'm still so disgusted and put off by some of the stuff that was said and what was done and the labels that got thrown around and all that stuff. I, I think part of it for me is I'm still irritated by that part of the equation and the way that's that, a really that a point. people went after, especially female fans who expressed reservations about Kane and You know, obviously, like you said, he was not found guilty of anything, was never charged. The situation was likely, at least in some part, fabricated from the way the prosecutors in Buffalo and the police have talked about it. All of that's all well and good, but just the way, like I said, people showed their asses and showed their biases and showed their misogyny and some of the things that were said and done during that whole situation... I, I just don't think I'm ever going to be able to put that completely out of my mind when watching Patrick Kane, and is that fair to Kane? Probably not, but then again, I don't really, I don't feel like any of us owe an athlete anything anyway, so, you know, yeah. it, it just, it kind of is what it is kind of thing.
1: Well, see, that's a really good point, James, and, and as you're saying that, as you're talking about the grossness that went along with that whole thing again not the fault that we talked about this with barstool sports it's not necessarily barstool big cats fault that a bunch of their fans go after people it sucks they should denounce it but it's not directly their fault um i i think that now that we're just sort of talking through it you have that feeling of god it was so awful back then the way people acted towards people that were you know questioning Patrick Kane or Mm -hmm. condemning Patrick Kane for what they thought happened I don't know if I feel like god if I if I change the way and I'm I'm being totally real here and I we always do this on the podcast so this is really how I feel and call me a puss whatever you want to do but I feel like god if I celebrate this guy I'm going to that place I'm forgetting about it and and I'm forgetting about what could have happened You know, and I struggle with that. Like, can I really celebrate? And I felt the same way with Chapman. I was thrilled he was not on the mound when the Cubs won a World Series. I really was. I agree. It's just, it's hard for me to, even though, like, the fan of me is like, yeah, celebrate the hell out of it. It's great. I will always have that reservation about him. And I don't know if it's about him or, like you said, the stuff around it and my fear of becoming insensitive to it. (laughs) <laughs> or becoming, or dismissing the way, not dismissing, but I don't know. I think I, I don't want to come around to poo-pooing the whole thing. I, I guess I want to mm-hmm. remain skeptical, if that makes sense.
0: I, I've run into the issue um, doing posts on NBC, for instance. Like, if Patrick Kane like does something like has a filthy shootout move or whatever, and It comes to like posting a video of it it's always kind of interesting for me where it's like do i really want to celebrate patrick kane is that gonna be off-putting to those who have kind of given up fandom of the blackhawks because of the whole situation with him and i think to a certain extent what i've decided in that instance is that i'm covering it strictly as a almost kind of like a news thing, like where you just kind of were like, look, it's noteworthy that he did this, but I, and so like, I'll do that, but I've never gone with the narrative that I've seen a few different places, push of redemption story, you know, like hell he had to overcome obstacles to win the MVP award. And I give for the most part, the Chicago beats, it seemed like didn't do that either uh, it seemed like it was more of a national thing. So I kind of feel comfortable posting something like that, as long as I'm not taking it to that next level where it's like, oh, look where Patrick Kane has come from, and look what he's overcome. It To me, it's, all, it's always been about balance. It's always been about balancing my personal feelings with those of the Blackhawks fan base as a whole. And I think that it, it's something that you just kind of cognizantly... Consciously, whatever, sorry, word you want to use there. It's just something you're just going to have to keep doing, I guess, as time goes on, because and as, I think as long as that dilemma and that thought process is going on in your head, then I don't really think you are forsaking those that, you know, were hurt during the whole situation.
1: Yeah, that's much more eloquent than I can say it, man. That's really, you, you put it well. Um, it's just, I, I think that a lot of people – I think we'll find when people uh, turn in their homework assignments, we're going to find a lot of people feeling the same way, sort of like, man, he's playing really well, but I just, I'll just i never forget kind of how that whole thing felt. And again, and I, again and I, we like don't begrudge you said, anybody of course. what
0: they feel about him as long as you don't assail anybody else for feeling the way that they feel about it. Correct. I, I feel like there is definitely like a kind of middle ground we can come to here where you don't have people who are always behind Kane saying oh you know he was a, he was innocent and you're an idiot for still thinking that way da, da, da. and that that's always what i've been very adamant about people doing is respect the feelings of others in this situation and frankly in life in general
1: all right james are you ready for the sin bin
0: i am really excited let's do this thing Let's enter the Sin Bin on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free.
1: That's right. It's our brand new segment, The Sin Bin, on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks to our pal, Russ Matera from the score for voicing the open. I did the rest of the work, but Russ voiced it, as he always does, the voice of the podcast. He's awesome. Love that dude. Um, all right, so why don't you begin, and I will sort through the several <laughs> that I could use for this week's edition while you're doing yours.
0: Can we have a uh, on-air production meeting real quick? Yes. Did he mention the sponsor of the segment?
1: No. We Maybe should you do that should, right now. Then. The sponsor of the Sin Bin is our friends. Are our, our friends at Mariska's Restaurant, six hundred four Theater Street in Crest Hill just west of ralph 53 thanks james thanks you're, for reminding me you're welcome. 815 815 723 9371 family owned and operated at the same location since 1933 third and fourth generations of the zdrolovich family now serving you hand-cut products in their own butcher shop including their own steaks burgers and the famous poor boy sandwich serving the highest quality seafood and chops and numerous homemade items made fresh in house including their ginormous onion rings and fantastic double baked potatoes the icelandic cod that's hand cut on premises full carry out menu a full bar with craft bruce banquet facilities for up to 110 people so visit marishkas.com or check them out on facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s open seven days a week and close only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving james step into the sin bin and confess your sins my friend
0: I incurred a two-minute minor penalty this week because <laughs> I reacted adversely to something. You know how I always accuse you of hating fun, whether yes. it's the Detroit Sox chance or hating National Sponge Cake Day or whatever.
1: Yes, I hating dumb stuff. Yes,
0: I, I had a huge moment of hypocrisy this week, and I realized it. The Arizona Coyotes last week sent out a tweet and it said something to the effect of, hey fans in section 122 trying to do the wave. We don't do that here. And of course, you know, everybody was giving them all the adulation because the wave is evil and it's stupid and yada yada. I don't like the wave personally, but, but, I feel it was somewhat hypocritical of me to condemn those who are doing the wave at a sporting event when I forever have assailed you for hating fun. I apparently hated something fun. So I felt like a huge asshole. And <laughs> there I I wanted to apologize to you and God and everybody. James hated fun for a moment this week.
1: All right. That's a quality confession. Uh, can I defend you a little bit or do we just have to move on?
0: Go- Go ahead if you want to, man.
1: All right, I I think the wave is fine, as long as it's not being done. If the if the score is five to nothing, and it's late and midway through the third period, wave away, go nuts. But if the game is close and hanging in the balance, don't don't do the wave. That's really my only caveat. Much like anything, if you want to be on yeah. your cell phone at a game, fine. But how about lo- not like during triple overtime? You
0: know what I okay. mean. It's just sort of a time and a
1: place kind of a thing.
0: I will also say that the Wave should never be done at Wrigley Field ever. Correct. Because the the origin of the Wave was a criticism of the Cubs by San Diego Padres fans. So the Wave should never be done at Wrigley Field for that reason. Other than that, I'll go with your stance on it not being done during game action in a close game. I think that's reasonable. But I felt very... Hypocritical in saying, "Oh, the wave sucks." It's like you know what? Some people think the wave is fun, and I'm telling people not to have fun. I didn't feel right about it.
1: That is, you're. A, it takes a band to admit his faults. You did a good job. I'm nice, proud man. of you. All right, it's my turn. Uh, as anyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows, I am a big fan of the um, NHL video game series, and we'll get a, some conversation on that series coming up in our email segment, as that was part of our homework assignment. Um, I've talked to you about my, uh, lessening hatred for the Red Wings, Mm -hmm. um, in NHL 17. And I think I went back to 14. They have a thing called hockey ultimate team where you can build. It's almost like a fantasy team. You can buy cards, get these players on your team. Well, you can also assign your team jerseys. And, uh, I have to confess that this week I changed my team's jerseys. To the Road Red Wings and the Home Wild.
0: The and, Home uh, Wild. Really? I'm very
1: the uh, the I'm sorry the Winter Classic uh, green, uh yeah, and I, I'm feeling bad about it because wow. I know that 2003 Jay would be beating me about the head, face, and neck with a anvil right now. Um, but I just think they look cool. But that's my confession I- is. Mike, my my hockey my, ultimate team is wearing Red Wings and Wild gear.
0: My my defensive view starts <laughs> with the Red Wings jerseys, which I think the Red Wings logo is one of the best in the NHL. Yes. And my friend and I are actually looking at tickets to go to the last Blackhawks game up at the Joe, and I'm really hoping we can do it. Okay. My defensive view ends with the <laughs> Wild. Come on, dude, are you serious with me? I like right the now? green. I'm a oh, big fan of green. I. The green is fine. Get a better logo, man.
1: Ugh. Oh, no, that's I know that. And that's that's a tease for maybe another new segment coming around the road. Yeah. Um, but when we uh, talked about it earlier
0: it, that could yes. actually be a very good segment. I really hope we can do that sometime.
1: I think we'll start next week. But there needs to be. You're right. The logo sucks. But when I'm playing the game, I can't see the logo because NHL. But, you know, it's there. Team.
0: You know, it's there. <laughs> you...
1: I play on United Center Ice. Does that help? No. No. <laughs> damn it well all right bad yeah. start for me in the first edition of the sin Bin. I, lo-
0: I love that though i love that like we both had like a defensive part of what the other person did and then we were like okay now we're gonna draw a line here that's i think we're gonna get some good oh no jay we have an actual trade a blackhawks trade are you kidding me no the Blackhawks have made a trade with the Detroit Red Wings. Who'd they get? Thomas Jerko. In exchange for a third round pick in this year's draft, the Blackhawks have acquired Thomas Jerko from the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Why do I not have this email?
0: I just got it.
1: I'm looking at my phone. And right they now. have sent
0: Vincent Hinestroza down to the AHL as <sighs> part of the roster move. There it is. Thomas Yurko. Well, now I'm going to have to do something for NBC.
1: <laughs> All right. Yurko, 24, has spent his entire NHL career with the Red Wings, where he has scored 15 goals and recorded 24 assists in 159 games, spanning four seasons. Not exactly an offensive juggernaut. Um. Okay.
0: He's still right. young, though, I guess.
1: Sure. I don't mind taking a look. I need to find out. Uh, let me look up his um, his cap situation. Uh, before i don't know if he's a free agent. this is not a name that was on my radar by any means no we had no no you had, had uh, you had a you
0: had a different uh tomas yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course all right let's see uh Yurko is on a uh two year deal expires this year nine hundred thousand dollars, so he will be a restricted free agent at the end of this deal, so the hawks will have the opportunity to bring him back if they'd like uh based on his Performance so far, seems like a guy if they wanted to, they could probably re-sign and bring back and look to have in the fold long term. I don't uh, looking at it that way, I don't I don't hate it by any means. It's a guy that um has shown a little bit in the league. Not a ton, but he's shown a little bit. A twenty four year old forward with some versatility. Um man, that's that's out of left field. That is not a name I expected. Because we kept hearing, you know, Tomas Tatar and uh, even Gustav Nyquist, which would have been awesome. Um, Tatar was not a name on my radar. Hmm, interesting. You
0: mean you mean Yurko?
1: Yurko. You said yes.
0: you said Tatar. See, Yurko
1: was not a name we, on my radar.
0: We we had the wrong Tomas, and uh, <laughs> I, I think to me a third round pick is not a terrible price for him. No. Wait,
1: they're he, hosting the draft. They he, need all the picks they can get.
0: I believe they have another third round pick, don't they? Or is it a fourth yes. round pick? I don't know. They have they have a pick they acquired. from You're somebody. the facts guy. That yeah, it's true. I generally am the facts guy, but I'm gonna go with alternative facts here and say that I think they have another mid round pick from somebody. I want to say it's like Winnipeg, and I think it's like the fourth round, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, all right, yeah. Well- so hey
1: dude this is the first time the blackhawks have ever
0: made a trade while we've been podcasting
1: yeah i'm very happy wow it's great i mean uh i don't have a ton of reaction for you on it
0: no i i Uh, you know what homework assignment (laughs) we'll come up with some (laughs) thomas Yerko hot takes over the weekend
1: yeah absolutely we'll see him play a couple games hopefully too so I, i
0: think that what can boil down to essentially is that this is not a high price to pay for a guy who's still only 24 years old, doesn't have insanely great offensive numbers, despite playing just about two full NHL seasons, but he's got upside. He's pretty cheap and the Blackhawks don't really need a guy who is going to be a first line winger. If he can come in and play third line wing or whatever, and occasionally, chip in in other areas, whether it be penalty kill or whatever, I'm not all that familiar with his game, but if he can kind of chip in and be like a Dennis Rasmussen level player, maybe where like he gives you a little bit of something at a couple different areas, I'm perfectly fine. Giving up a third round pick for that.
1: I just saw this on Twitter uh, from NHL numbers, the Twitter account at NHL numbers. Yurko hasn't recorded a point through 16 games this season. So, yay, yeah, yeah, interesting, hmm. interesting, but I, uh but a guy how weird who is will... it, though
0: that we were just talking about how our stance toward the Red Wings has softened, and then they made a trade with the Red Wings,
1: Oh, I just saw uh Greg wachinski just tweeted that he he thinks the last time the Hawks and Wings made a trade, was it, it was Kyle Jones Calder, trade? no, I think it was Kyle Calder for Jason Williams, Ah, remember that one? Who could forget?
0: Who can forget? <laughs>
1: All right. Well, there you go. A little bit of a curveball for us.
0: Man. I, I like that. I did not anticipate that.
1: No. Well, hey, it's something. It's a move. And now I don't know if that's going to scratch their forward itch and maybe now they focus on D. I've got to text out to a couple of my sources to let me know what they're thinking here. Um, if he gets back in time, I'll let you know. So I've
0: seen a couple of people have weighed in on Twitter about it saying they would rather have Vincent Hinestroza in the lineup every night than Thomas Yurkoe
1: i think i agree with that but
0: this is go i i think you're at a point in the season where it costs nothing to send in down give it a whirl why the hell not
1: yeah, you can always bring him back yeah
0: exactly if yurko doesn't work out you really think the blackhawks aren't gonna play him like you really think they're gonna be like no we have to do this we traded a third round pick for him <laughs>
1: No. no, I think, yeah.
0: I, I think this is a, we'll see if a change of scenery is good for him and he can produce for us. If not, we got guys, so.
1: All right. With that, you ready to start the email segment?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's do it.
0: Email the guys at madhousepod at com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The
1: email segment, as always, is brought to you by the Black Oak where I'm headed tonight for dinner that's right the Black Oak is a full service restaurant and Tavern located at 9630 South Pulaski in Oklahoma that's better known as 96 in Pulaski when you live out here Black Oak serves breakfast lunch and dinner with hours from 7 a.m to 2 a.m seven days a week they've got those signature burgers with the blend of brisket beef chuck and short rib and the steak sandwich I think I might go with the steak sandwich tonight by the way made from the Australian Wagyu sirloin you will love every damn bite 13 TVs you will catch every minute of the Blackhawks they've got slots as well so stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere contact the Black Oak at 708-572-4500 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Black Oak Tavern the Black Oak the South Suburbs finest casual upscale dining I will be heading to the Black Oak tonight before my event with Nick Schmaltz at Riley's Daughter at 111th. I would Blastie, like to say so. that I
0: suggested that you do that, but I don't think I did. I think it was only a thought floating around in my head when you said it was an oak lawn.
1: Truth so. be told, I had to go pick up the uh, the podcast check at the Black Oak. Uh-huh. So it's just a good excuse so to go you're there. you're saying I'm
0: going to get money. Yay! Yes.
1: Yes. Soon.
0: Sweet, dude.
1: All right. So our homework assignment for our listeners was to tell us who your secret video game weapon player was. So in NHL, the NHL series, or NHL 2K, if that's what you were into, who was the guy you used um, to, you know, that was maybe undervalued, under the radar, and it was just your go-to guy. So first response here from Curtis. He says, just like you guys, I'm in my early 30s. I'm in my late 30s. And I played since the NHL 93 and Blades of Steel eras um my wife still gets on me when i start playing hut for too many hours in any given day (laughs) my best friend and i played hockey together growing up and after practices would come home and play the ea nhl series and even dabbled in 2k series briefly him and i still jump on the ps4 to this day with the headset and chat as we either play each other or other online players secret weapon in the 03 through 05 era of 2k was definitely marty saint louis Fast as hell and killed it on breakaways. I always liked Le Cavalier and Tampa. Ended up being my team for a few years when they won the Cup in '04 versus Calgary. A young Brad Richards on his team as well added some nice firepower. That was a good team back then. Yes, it thus was the Stanley Cup. As far as recent weapons and Hut, well, I finally scored some good heroes. Screw the packs, Jay. I never get anything. Gotta save them coins. I did get a Latang and a free pack. Flipped it for 150,000 coins. Then I purchased a Roenick, Ronick, Gray's, Brindamore and Al McGinnis. Great players for my first few lines. But my third-liner secret weapon is Carl Hagelin.
0: Oh, yes!
1: There you go. That if is you get brilliant his speedster stuff, energy, actually. If you get his speedster energy activated, he will blow by any defense the other guy has. Put Andrew Cagliano on the other wing, and you have one fast third line.
0: Yes, you All do. All right, I like that. Very nicely done.
1: See, now, St. Louis and Le Cavalier, I can't, you can't call them, like, dark horses, but they were great in the games. Well, but no, 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 Carl Hagelin, that is, that is the essence of the question.
0: It's kind of like the Michael Vick or the Bo Jackson thing in football, where if you have a guy like that, you just run circles around everybody, basically.
1: Oh, it's basically cheating. Yeah. Yes.
0: So if, if, <laughs> if the question was, who is your go-to basic cheat code thing, then yeah, that, we can go with that. But, there you go. No, that car, Carl that Hagelin. Hagelin thing, that's delightful. You nailed that then. Well done.
1: All right, email here from Will Eggleston. He said a secret NHL weapons, uh, former New York Ranger Matthew Lombardi in NHL 11. Ooh. I drafted him based on his speed stat in a season mode, and it turned out he was unbelievably faster than anyone else and could score on breakaways. What makes it even weirder is I don't think he's actually in the NHL anymore. Love the podcast and this question. Thank you, Will. That's another good one.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah, very good. Uh, here's another question. Hang on. I'm going to move through here. Oh, Ryan Tennant, our buddy. Uh, writes us about our debate over Corey Crawford and Ed Belfour.
0: Oh, wow! That when did we have that?
1: We had that a while back. You I'm said you saying, would take. I feel, Corey... like, I feel yeah. like it's been a
0: while. Yeah, a
1: couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah. I said I would take Eddie Belfour over Corey Crawford. You said the opposite. Yep. So Ryan says first. James says he'd take Crow over Eddie Belfour, who best Crawford in both net mining and avian derived nicknames. <laughs>
0: Duh! No one's he, gonna go, no one's gonna question the an eagle is better than a crow. We we know that that's <laughs> obvious. Okay.
1: <laughs> then he says Crawford is the most important player to a, to the Blackhawks outside of Taves and Kane. Somehow overlooking Dink, Duncan Keith, who Jay, a very smart and handsome man, correctly. I'm not making this up. This is what he's writing, correctly named. I'd go so far as to say if I had to pick just one of the four, I'd take Dunk Norris because he can do things from the blue line that almost no one else can. I think the real question, though, is if you love Corey Crawford so much, why don't you marry him, James?
0: I'm already married. Otherwise. (laughs) Otherwise.
1: All right. So at 20 points in his last 12 games, I think it's safe to declare Jonathan Taves' Kiss of Sick Monkey's Wet Ass 2017 tour a success. Do you think this is him getting over some kind of nagging injury the Blackhawks had kept under wraps, or from him finally getting some run with the same line mates, a combination of the two, or maybe something else entirely. I think it's both. I, I think I would, both.
0: I would agree. I would think that it's a combination of factors. It's a a, a Nick Schmaltz cocktail, I guess. And speaking of which, happy 21st birthday yesterday to Nick Schmaltz. Nick, buy him a beer for me tonight, would you, Jay?
1: I'm going to. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm going to. They usually don't drink on these events, but I'm going to make them.
0: Dude, he celebrated his 21st <laughs> yesterday. He yeah, to have at least a beer. Totally. And they drive him to that, right? Like they. Have, yes. You guys have, like, a limo? Yeah, Get him a Come beer. On. Why the hell Drink not? Drink up, yeah. sissy.
1: Uh, Ryan goes on to add that Michelle Goulet in NHL 93 was his go-to guy. And he says, shout out to Hope for the best silent cameo in podcast history. If you missed it, my wife flashed me right last week's podcast. Oh, my God. Podcasts. That
0: was seriously like the – like we, we've had a lot of moments that have kind of thrown this thing off the rails while we've been recording. That was a doozy. That was like a Hall of Famer right there. That was hilarious.
1: Yes. Uh, it was a good time for me, too. Well, obviously. Uh, <laughs> email here from my pal Charlie Farrell, fourth-time emailer, long-time listener. He says he, he, uh, he lives out in L.A. He said he attended the Ducks-Bruins game at the Honda Center on Wednesday and has a question about a call I saw at the end of the game. Okay. The Bruins were down 4-3 late, so they pulled Rask. With the empty net, Ryan Kessler initiated a solo breakaway towards Boston goal from center ice, but he was yanked down from behind by a Bruin at the Boston blue line. The puck casually drifted wide of the empty net, yet the referee still awarded Anaheim that goal. I've never seen a goal awarded to a team without even putting the puck in the net. Can you talk about the logic of this rule and maybe how long it's been around? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen off the air.
0: Very, very simple. Um, Usually in a situation like that, Kessler would have been given a penalty shot. But since there was no goaltender in net, the NHL has a rule that instead of awarding a penalty shot, they give an automatic goal when that happens with an empty net. That is correct. Been a rule for a while now. I, I rarely see that rule in force. So it's kind of cool that you got to see it in person because I, I can say that I've never seen it happen. So you think
1: after Patrick Stefan, they would no longer assume an empty netter.
0: Tr- fair enough. But <laughs> you also have to keep in mind, like that's a big time. You know, that's a big thing to incentivize not hauling a guy down yes, that exactly. you're just going to give up an automatic goal anyway.
1: There's your logic because if there is a guy with it, they're just going to get tackled. So to prevent that, they just make it automatic. It's like a There's clear path logic.
0: foul in basketball. Like that, you get like two. I think it's like you get two free throws in the ball or something right. like that. So, yeah. All right, there you go. Email
1: here from our, our pal Hugo Maya. He says loves the loves the podcast. One of the secret players I used everything, uh, I use in everything. I start my GM mode with the Hawks is Mike Hoffman. I slot him right away in the first line with Taves, and there's an instant click with him. I think he got paid this off season, but last year he could have gotten him in a fair contract. Huh. Mike Hoffman.
0: Wow. All right. <laughs> I, All I right. can honestly say I did not see that one coming. By the way, Jay, I figured I'd mention this to you because you would appreciate this. In an NHL 2K7, which I own for, I believe, the PS2.
1: Okay.
0: I would play as the Blackhawks. This was before Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were on the team, so they were not on the Hawks then.
1: Tell me something good about Rutu. 2.
0: My weapon, my wraparound specialist, score a goal every damn time I had him do it, Tell more 2. Damn right. Yep.
1: Then he blew out his knee and was out for the season.
0: Yeah, well, he, did, was he, very did, realistic. he did not electronically, <laughs> so we're okay.
1: There you go. Uh, salsa Shark. Dinner. Salsa Shark. Uh, thanks for the topic, guys. I'm not sure if I have a secret weapon, but there were a lot of video game guys that I was always better with than most. I swear to God, Sun- if he
0: says something like Duke Nukem, I'm going to punch him.
1: No, Sundin, Fedorov, Beret came to mind right away. But if we're looking for someone low key, I'll never forget the video game romance I had with Sergey Zubov in the oh, of yes! 2000.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> See, the point of this is to get these names pulled out, and we just got it with Sergey Zubov. The Stars team. Uh, that Stars team was the first video game team I ever played all 82 games and playoffs uh, in my entire life. My entire strategy was to have Zubov bring the puck up and dish to Hull or Madonna for the one-timer, throw in Belfort and Hatcher. That was a damn fun team. Yes. I'm with you, Salsa Shark. I
0: am with him too. That is awesome. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I love right. I dig that.
1: Uh, email here from Michael Lev, our guy. He says, I'll give you a player from each position that can be found in Hutt, that's common and affordable noteworthy names be undervalued in the hut market okay i appreciate this goalie steve mason defenseman shane gustus bear forward ryan nugent hopkins there's three recommendations from michael on it. michael i learned today because him and i emailed back and forth after he sent that he is a hockey ultimate team nut ah. and one of his good friends is like in the top 30 or something of players good lord yeah just insane so uh he was giving me some tips on how to get Pavel Bure.
0: <laughs> By the <laughs> way, all I, um, I, figured, all I, I figured I should go ahead and mention this. I finally took the plunge and joined that uh, PS Plus or whatever it is. So,
1: oh yeah, that's cool.
0: I can finally play online now. So, be looking out for me in a hockey world. I'll give I guess. you the
1: beatdown you so richly deserve.
0: Yeah, I, I suck it. I suck it. The new NHL games. So this should be fun.
1: You'll get there, Max von Warmer. He says. it's been a while but my question question is a simple one do you think the hawks are ramping up too early for the playoffs or are they simply having extremely good puck luck if they're ramping up do you think it's too early well i can't you can't say it's too early because what are you gonna not play well right i don't know how you how do you prevent that um i hope they can maintain this they've got 21 games left in a regular season I hope they can carry this momentum into the playoffs and be and not beyond, but to the Stanley Cup final. Um I'm sure they'll hit a road bump here or there on the way but the way they're playing now and now with the weapon of Thomas Yurko in the and <laughs> the lineup who ah. knows they they might not be able to be stopped.
0: But did you see uh Scott Power's story the other day that Maxim Shalulov Shalov Shal- yeah.
1: that he might actually come
0: over here and play in uh the playoffs?
1: Uh, that would be cool.
0: I think that'd I be would, very interesting.
1: I would take that. Yeah. I would accept that. He's
0: a heck of a player from everything yeah. we've been told, so
1: Alright. Well let's keep an eye on that. Damn. I did not see that. Lots I did of miss fun that.
0: Stuff. I uh, miss that?
1: I'm the worst. That's Yeah, well, that's whatever. It.
0: Read the athletic.
1: I am. I I, I do. Mo- I know. Most you of too. The time. Uh email here from Timmy. He said when I was a kid, Timmy. the player I would always tear it up with in the NHL games was Maxim Afinaginov of the Sabres.
0: Boom. One of my first favorite players when he played for the Atlanta Thrashers, and I started covering the Thrashers for Bleacher Report back in the day.
1: Because of liking him so much in the game, at one point for Christmas, my parents got me an Afinaginov jersey T-shirt.
0: Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. That's dedication right there. I love that.
1: Got another one here from Jeffrey. He said, my secret weapon on NHL 16 was Brian Bickle. Oh For some God. reason, he was ridiculously fast in that game and get top-shelf breakaways with him all the time in that game. I would always put him and Tavo on the same line because I dominated with them. Hmm. All right. Good. By the way, Brian Bickle returning to hockey action tonight. Great Saw that. Now.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations, Congratulations to him. To
1: a very good dude who had a rough run here, yep. and now we know why. Uh-huh. uh on a non-hockey related question, I'm going to try my first... I'm going to my first Cubs game at Wrigley this summer. I was wondering, what are your recommendations for making sure I have a good time in the Budweiser Bleachers? Uh, go eat hot dogs. Yes. The, the end. That's all I got. You uh, got make, anything else? Make
0: sure you, just make sure you show up early enough if you have a preferred side to sit on. I generally sit in right field, but I, I'm not opposed to left field. And... Yeah, eat, eat hot dogs and drink copious amounts of beer. It's pretty easy to have fun at Wrigley as long as you do those things.
1: Last time I sat in a right field bleachers was the Sammy Sosa cork bat game. I have not sit there since. Well, I has gone to left since then. All right, got an email here from Michael. Uh, he said, in regards to your question on your go-to player in the NHL games, my guy was always Patrick Elias in the early to mid-2000s. Very good player. Always racked up a lot of points with him. So many devils uh just kind of get ignored because they're such a boring team for so long yes they were (laughs) he's he's among them god he said as for my question what non-blackhawks jersey is currently on top of your want list right now Mm. i love the original six and have always wanted a canadian's jersey a price canadian's jersey and i also love the return of the old penguins jerseys although i know although i have no idea who had one on there that's fair uh, I think Gary Price is a pretty good choice. That's
0: not a bad choice at all. If I it's a,
1: if,
0: if I were buying a jersey right now, I think I would either get a Dylan Larkin Red Wings jersey or a Joe Pavelski Sharks jersey.
1: If I had to get one right now, I would get a, a Miku Koivu North Stars What throwing. is
0: with you and your stupid-ass <laughs> obsession with Minnesota right now?
1: Can I, I said North Stars throwback because I have to wear the stupid – I found out it's a bear. Did you know that was
0: a bear? No.
1: It's, it's a bear. And
0: second of all, another thing, Miko Koivy doesn't play for the Stars.
1: He plays for Minnesota. Okay,
0: no. That would be like me getting a Bobby Hall Coyotes jersey.
1: That's true. You're right. I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah, so I'm I I'm
1: beeping that entire thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs>
1: <Whoa>. <laughs> If I had to get a – all right, let's see. Let me really think about it. I do like Miku Koivu a lot. Maybe, oh, I'll get a Miku Koivu Sweden jersey, or Finland jersey. There you
0: nailed it. Boom. That's it. That's there. You have officially redeemed yourself and more. Yes. Because that, that is an excellent call. I would do that in a heartbeat.
1: All right. Well, that's it for the emails, so that's it for us.
0: That's a good show, Anything man. you want to add,
1: sir? Yeah, that was fun. I,
0: I felt like for doing two podcasts this week, I think we... Came up with some pretty good content for the second one. Hopefully people dig the uh Sinbin edition and dude, two trades got made while we did this podcast. How cool is it. that?
1: That was that was fun. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at seven oh eight four seven eight six zero nine zero the Black Oak and Oaklawn the South Suburbs Finest Casual Upscale Dining, and Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, visit our Patreon site, patreon.com slash madhousepod. And if you don't want to do anything financial, totally fair, totally understandable, uh, feel free to leave us a solid rating, a five-star rating on uh, whatever podcast software you use. That helps us move up the rankings. It helps us become a little more uh, visible to those seeking out podcasts and it would help us greatly one more thing i want to mention i failed to mention uh on the last podcast i I mentioned the shirt going through 26shirts.com to benefit my sister who passed away last month um really cool welcome to the madhouse t-shirts if you buy one of these eight dollars of every sale will go to the rush epilepsy center in memory of my sister ann zawoski um, and uh, the rest goes to the artist and to the company for production. So help a great cause. Get a really cool shirt. Uh, 26shirts.com. You'll be, Click on Chicago. You'll find it. It's only available for another nine days plus. Um, so make sure you jump on that soon if you are planning on doing that because this offer does expire uh, at the end of next week. So thank you to those who have purchased already. I know a lot of you have reached out and said you were planning on it or have done it so far. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, again, that's 26shirts.com. The link I will retweet on my personal account at jzawoski670 and on the Madhouse Pod Twitter account as well. So thank you for the support there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. And until next week, have a great weekend and welcome the Thomas Yurko era. Have a great weekend. Take it easy, everybody. When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com.